0: story you're bursting to tell the world? Are you sick of being rejected by the publishing establishment? Do you want to inject a little punk rock DIY ethos into your indie author career? Join me, best-selling indie author Steph Green, for Rage Against the Manuscript, where we explore how to tell your story, find your readers, and build a badass author brand. For more info, Check out our website at www.rageagainstthemanuscript.com Hey everyone, it's Steph here again, and welcome to another episode of the Rage Against the Manuscript podcast. This week's topic is something that a lot of people have been asking for, and so I think it's time I talked about it, and that topic is marketing on a small budget. So how do you get your books into the hands of more readers when you don't have two pennies to rub together? So yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about. First of all, I think it's probably really good to, uh, you know, if I just kind of give you a little bit of background on how I have approached this. So way, way, way back in the day, (laughs) back in the the dim, dark ages, um, when I first started self-publishing, my first series of books, uh, you know, the ones that didn't, didn't do that well, I was in the same boat. I sort of... I spent maybe a hundred dollars or so on my covers, and I, you know, and I'd spent a bit of money uh, on proofreading and editing. So I, I maybe spent sort of two, three hundred dollars on each book uh, up front, and you know, that was kind of all the money I had. And so I didn't have any, you know, any spare cash really lying around for the, the marketing side of things. You know, I could maybe find 10 or $20 here or there, but, you know, I didn't have, like, the sustained, you know, income of, that I wanted to spend on marketing. So, you know, right from the get-go, I was really focused on things that I could do that were really cheap or really free. Uh, and, you know, in those early years when I wasn't really doing well and I didn't see a lot of momentum in sales the thing that I focused on a lot was on getting reviews and I sort of started to think you know if I could get like 50 reviews then you know it'd look look, look a bit better or if I could get 100 reviews then you know my book would look a bit more comparable to other books in its genre and so I was really focused on getting reviews and I spent a lot of time kind of trying to find reviewers and and emailing them and asking them and giving them giving away free books and stuff like that and then the other thing i was quite focused on was i kind of realized early on that it was really difficult to market one book and so i was quite focused on getting book number two out so that i could do things like put book number one on for free for a few days or discount it or discount it and then you know, spend $20 on a newsletter sending it out and I knew that I wasn't going to get, I kind of could see that I wasn't going to get sort of a really good return on small small amounts of money spent on marketing with only one book and when I started publishing Romance, which is a much bigger genre, and a lot of people in our genre have a lot of money to spend on marketing. So when I started publishing in Romance, I sort of took those same concepts through. Um, But the thing that I was really particularly focused on, and what I realised really quickly, was that kind of the best way to market your books was to write another book. So I would have this, this kind of nice little spike when I released a new book and then it would sort of gradually kind of go backwards towards zero and then if I released another book I'd have another spike and so I was really focused first of all on sort of trying to spend as much of my time as possible writing and tweaking my writing so that I could get those spikes kind of as close together as possible and that was probably my biggest marketing technique and I want to really emphasize that 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 fast release schedule, which is absolutely not a thing that you have to do, but it is a marketing technique, and it is a technique, to a certain extent, that is that is free because you you know you control how many words you write a day, um, you, you know you control the amount of time that you can spend being able to you know button cheer write the book. If you're able to write and release books faster. Um, then you, you know, you're you're able to capture it attention, you know, you're able to get more and more of those little spikes, and then what happens is that eventually the spikes start getting a little bit higher, and the kind of the space between the spikes starts getting a little bit more, you know, a little bit less close to zero. And so that, that technique combined with sort of uh, putting first in series free or first in series uh, you know running sales on first in series has really been the bread and butter of what i've done for a number of years and it wasn't until 2019 and i started publishing in 2014 it wasn't until 2019 when i really started to try and get sort of ongoing advertising to work for me now before that, as my income grew, I started to spend a little bit more money on things like bookbub fetch deals, which you know can cost five hundred dollars, or and, and then like stacking promos, so running like a ninety nine cent sale for a week, and then and then spending five hundred dollars or eight hundred dollars on different promo sites to promote. So I so I had some money to spend, but you know I, did, I wasn't never doing like kind of like a sustained sort of spend um, until two thousand and. 19 when I, I started trying to do ads and I still haven't got um, click ads kind of really working for me, but it's something that I'm something that I'm working on But that's not what we are talking about today We are talking about cheap and free book marketing and this is something I am super passionate about and I really do believe that if you Learn some sort of really basic marketing concepts that you're able to you know, build a really amazing really tight-knit audience without spending hundreds of dollars a month on marketing. So how do you do that? Well, before we get into the, the you know the techniques that I've thought of, I just wanna reiterate three key points. And the first point is one that I've only just made, which is that the best marketing on a really small budget is to finish your next book. And this is A, because you're giving people more material to devour right when they've just devoured, you know, one of your books, if you can give them more places to spend their money with you, then that's, like, that's, like, the best time to hit them with your call to action to buy more books. That is the best time to hit them when they are already in love with you. And the second point is, you know, the books that you are writing when you're writing this next book is to think about writing them in series. And, you know, the reason for this, I talk about it all the time is that you're going to get more bang for your advertising dollars because of the sell through. So the sell through is always higher on series books than standalone books and you know there's different ways that you can build a series to make the sell through even higher and we have talked about this so much on other podcasts. So this series formula applies no matter what your genre is and whether you are non-fiction, whether you are fiction, whether you are poetry Now, most of the techniques that I talk about in this podcast, they apply to series. Now, you can run them on standalones, but you are not going to make as much profit because you might be fiddling with the price tag of, say, one single book, or, you know, you're not going to get as high a sell-through if, say, you've got um, a bunch of, like, standalone horror books. You're not going to get as high a sell-through from putting one book on sale than if all those books were in a series. And... uh, I will say that writing in series is harder to do in certain genres than in other genres, but there's always a way to do it. And we talk a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot about this in my self-publishing course, How to Rock Self-Publishing, which I definitely recommend you check out if that is your jam. Now, the second thing to remember about marketing on a small budget is that the things that don't cost money tend to cost time. So there's... No such thing as a free lunch, but the thing about free marketing and about cheap marketing is that a lot of their techniques, they might take you, you know, you might need to set aside a couple of hours, or, you know, if you could find 20 minutes a day or half an hour a day to kind of sit down and think about these things. Now, what this means is that A, is that time is time that is taken away from Your writing time, and your time for all the shit that you have to do in your life, which is not writing. So you have to figure that out. And the other thing that this means is that it's really, really important for you to prioritise the activities that you're going to do. And so I'm going to hit you in this podcast with a list of like 20 things. And you are not to, absolutely not to, I'm like waving my finger. you are not to do all of them. You are to pick one to start with, or maybe even two, and you're gonna try those. And you're gonna double down on the things that you're excited about, and the things that you can do well, and you're gonna forget about all the others. And you can always add new things later, but the best thing to do with cheap marketing is to really focus on one or two things that you do really, really well, and that you're really excited about. And you're gonna see when I, when I talk, I'm going to give examples. You're going to see how this works in the practice. And the third thing to remember about marketing on a small budget is that I'm assuming that you have listened to all my other advice and that you have a well-edited book or books that are written with readers of a certain genre in mind, and you've got a great on-market covers and you've got catchy ass blurbs. If you try these things and you are not selling books, then I would go back to the previous podcast episode uh, on, you know, why aren't my books selling? And I would look at the things that you can do and maybe where you've gone wrong. So all of these activities that I talk about are assuming that you've got the trifecta right, which is great book, great cover, great you So, how do you market on a cheap-ass budget? First, I would make use of a loss leader. So the loss leader is usually the first book in your series, or if you have a series that doesn't have like a beginning book, it's sort of, you know, I'm thinking about non-fiction here, it's sort of the book that introduces your formula or, you know, is the most popular topic of your books to, to your readers. So, you know, take that book and I would use it as a loss leader. So Usually, this means making it free, but it can also mean making it stupidly cheap. So, a lot of um, people who, in nonfiction, a lot of people who do like information products online, often their, their books, like their um, PDF ebooks might be ten dollars or thirty dollars or even like fifty dollars. But if you put the book, if you put your loss leader on sale for a dollar then you know this is this can be a great way because a dollar is like a really small investment for your audience who are used to paying $50 for for an ebook. So it doesn't have to be free but I would honestly i would probably consider free first and foremost. So if you're in Kindle Unlimited um, this means that you can use the, the five free days that you're able to use every 90 days um, or you've also got the Kindle countdown deals which um, it is a 99 cent sale but you keep 70% of the royalties. I would you know I would focus on the free days um because you can always run a 99 cent sale and you just only keep the 35 cents um the, the normal way to go. Um so go go with free and so you know this is a really simple thing that you can do is just put your put you know set your book up for free for 90 days and you don't have to do anything else. You just you know hope a few people on Amazon will find the book. If you're wide, which means you're not in Kindle Unlimited, I would experiment with perma-free first in series. So this is where you set the first book in your series for free, and so it's free on all platforms, and then the rest of your books, obviously, are not free. I would also contact Kobo and Barnes & Noble and ask for their Promotions tab. So this is a separate tab that appears on the navigation bar when you're inside your Kobo or your Barnes & Noble backend. And it's a tab which is just full of promotional opportunities for that you can sign up for if your book fits the criteria. And then you know on the other end, Kobo or Barnes and Noble will choose from all the submitted books the books that are going to work best for their audience. So these are usually completely free to apply for. Um, and so, so like Kobo, most of their promotions, some of them cost like $10, some of them cost like $50, but most of them, what they do is they just take an extra 10% royalty off any books sold through the promotion. So it doesn't cost you anything up front. So I would definitely, you know, it's just like such a simple thing to do, and you don't get the promotions tab when you sign up. So you have to email and ask for it, and I would email and ask for it. Now, if you have a small budget, and you're going to be doing a like a five-day free run, or you've just set your books for permafree, I would add a little bit of extra juice to this by doing a couple of paid newsletters, so like Bargain Booksy, Book Raid, which is a really great one if you're wide, and I think it's capped at $20, so it's a, that's, you know, that's pretty small, um, or like Book Sends, Choosey Bookworm, all these kind of lists. So you know, BookBub is obviously the biggest list of all these kind of newsletter services where they send out um, a daily list of bargain books to their readership. So BookBub is obviously the biggest one, um, but their promotions are you know five hundred dollars, three hundred dollars, fifteen hundred dollars for some of the lists. But there are lots of smaller companies, and you know who have promotions for, you know in the sort of ten. range, and obviously the audiences aren't as big, but some of them can be much more targeted, you know, there are specific lists for horror books, there are specific lists for romance, etc, etc. So that's just a really cheap way to kind of boost a little free run that you've got, or kind of launch your book for free, and get in front of some readers who are really excited to have some discount books. So another thing that I would look at doing is I would look at finding an active community on the line of people who read in your genre, and I would start participating. Now, these don't necessarily have to be readers, um, so they shouldn't be fellow writers, because we're not advertising to other writers, but, you know, say if you write science fiction books, you know, you might be able to find a community of science fiction fans, and they don't necessarily all have to be readers, but you can... Use usually assume, people who are fans of science fiction fandoms in general, a lot of them tend to be big readers. Online communities can be sort of many different forms, you know, there's like Reddit um, communities. Um, Reddit is really good for sort of certain genres, not so good for other genres. Um, You know, very big science fiction fantasy community on there, not so big romance community. You've got online forums which are dedicated to specific genres, or specific fandoms, um, you know some of these are more active than others, you're really looking for an active one. Um, you've got Facebook fan groups which is probably the biggest place where people go at the most. Another idea is to possibly look for fan groups of your favourite authors and your genre. Now this is really important. If you're going to be doing this, so if you're looking at being really active in a community from your favourite author, you've got to remember that it's really not your place to be sort of throwing about your link to your book Um, now you shouldn't be doing this anyway no matter what community you're in Um, but what you're trying to do is to be you know a really active really excited you know really helpful member of a community and then when there's an opportunity so often authors will post a a thread which says hey you know any authors in, in the group post your links um you know, you just, or, you know, or just simply just having your name recognised by, you know, by fans, who are fans of a book that you're a fan of and that fits your genre, um, that really really helps in a big way. So obviously, it takes a lot of time to become a really active member of these groups, which is why I was talking about before, about how if this is one technique that you choose, then you know you choose this and you dedicate a lot of time to it. So the next thing is it's a really good idea to build yourself a simple website and if you're in a genre where blogging is really useful in terms of a marketing tool then your website should have a blog. Now this is especially true if you are in non-fiction. writing a blog or running a podcast about your topic about your non-fiction topic or you know starting a forum or a facebook group about that topic is probably the simplest thing that you can do in non-fiction to promote your books for cheap is to just give away a bunch of awesome content for free is to build up a whole backlist of free shit on your chosen platform whether it's your blog whether it's a youtube like a social media site whether it's a facebook fan group etc. If you just keep building that, eventually, even if you do nothing else, eventually people will find it. It will be a slow trickle of people um, because, you know, the thing about, you know, doing a blog and, you know, making all this content for free is that you also end up having to market that as well. But if you keep putting out free, like really great free content, people will find it in a slow trickle. The other idea is that when you start doing that to also start thinking about you know networking with other bloggers or you know other youtubers or whatever to start guest blogging. So guest blogging is really the easiest way to build you know, start building your audience. Another thing that you can do is pitch yourself as a guest on podcasts. A lot more people are listening to podcasts than ever before. And there are different types of podcasts in all sorts of genres. There are some really successful fiction podcasts where, you know, people read out short stories and they, like, fictionalise them and make them sound really amazing. Um, there are, so, you know, maybe you write Um, Crime novels, you know, there's lots of true crime podcasts and stuff like that. You might be able to be a guest on a certain area that you're an expert in. Um, If you're non-fiction, obviously podcasts to do with the type of non-fiction you write. Um, There's just so many ways that you can reach new readers via podcasts. You know, or you could start your own. So the next thing you can think about is social media. Uh, Social media is one of those areas where... Authors feel really confused and often don't know what they're supposed to be doing on that platform. So my advice here is to focus on the one social media platform. So choose one where a lot of your readers are hanging out and where you feel like you kind of you kind of get it and you're kind of excited about it. So you know there are a lot of there's a lot of like networking opportunities for other authors on Twitter. But I don't get Twitter, so I don't do it. I get Facebook, so I focus quite a lot on Facebook, and I feel like I get Instagram, but I'm not super good at it yet, so I'm kind of sort of Instagram's like my secondary place. But if you like, if you really get Instagram, if you feel like, yeah, I you know, I love the concept of it, I totally know what I'm doing, then you know, focus on that. Uh, TikTok is another recent one which is definitely worth investigating, especially if you, you know, if, if you get video. And if you've always loved things like Snapchat and like Instagram stories, yeah, I would definitely be looking at TikTok. So you choose your one platform that you're going to focus on, and you just make a lot of time to learn how other people are getting noticed, and to kind of partner up with other authors um, on on different accounts, and to use the hashtags really well, and, and to look at how people search and find new profiles to follow. And to make sure that you're doing those things to, to help people find and follow you. So focusing on one social media platform, you know, making sure that your content's really helpful, that it's really engaging, that you're, you know, you're asking a lot of questions and you're like really encouraging people to interact with you by liking and commenting because that's what helps your posts get seen more. No matter what platform you're on, that's pretty much true. So, you know making sure that you're like, really focusing on that engagement and you, you know that you're just you're doing the platform really well in general and just all the time be learning and trying new things and posting really really regularly. And so you know if you're gonna if you're gonna do social media then you know you do social media. So that is one of the, the two marketing things that you choose and you do it. Otherwise you know don't worry about it too much. Plenty of authors do really, really, really well without any social media presence whatsoever. Do not feel like you know, like there's a lot of pressure that you have to do it, that you have to learn it if it's really not your thing. It can be really useful, um, and especially in certain, certain genres, um, it can be particularly useful, but it is definitely not essential. The next thing we're going to talk about is email lists. Now, I do talk about these all the time, it is the one thing, if you're going to do anything on this list, I would really strongly advise making an email list being one of the two things that you do and focusing on, you know, on keeping those readers really engaged. Now, the reason for this is because things like social media, they change, the algorithms change, a platform that was really big two years ago might be completely dead uh, now. But with an email list, you own that data. So you can change your mailing list provider, you can move the data between different platforms, but you control it. And that's really important. It's also a way that you can reach readers directly in their inbox. So rather than them having to come to you or you having to rely on algorithms showing them your info, you choose when you put out emails And you can do a lot to make sure that you improve the deliverability of your emails, so how often people actually see them. And you can reach readers, you know, where they are every single day, in their inbox, clearing out all the stuff they're not interested in, and reading all the stuff they are interested in. So the first thing, obviously, with email lists is that you've got to set one up, and, you know, putting the link in the back of your books, making sure that you know that you're encouraging people to sign up and maybe you've got some kind of freebie to sort of give them that little extra nudge now email lists are a slow build so it's not a thing where you like oh I set it up and then the next day I've got 200 emails so this is kind of a long-term long-term thinking kind of marketing thing it's not like when you just set your book uh, for free for five days and put out a like a book grade newsletter and then you get a bunch of fr- you know, a bunch of free downloads, it's not the same concept, this is a long-term long-term game. So, you build your email list, then there are other things that you can do, so for example, you can do uh, promotion builders, so email list promotion builders through sites like BookFunnel or like Story Origin. and this is where you maybe put a book for free, or you have an excerpt, or like a free short story. And you put them all on a landing page with maybe 10 or 20 other authors in your genre. And then you all promote the landing page to your audiences. And you say, hey, you know, want 20 free mystery books. Click on this link and you can choose the books that you're interested in. And when they choose the books and they download the books, they can also join the newsletter of the author. And so they can get updates when, say, the next book is out. Often the readers who participate in these kind of promos, uh, which, you know, sometimes have a cost, but the cost is usually quite small, sort of in the like $10, $20 range. So usually the readers who participate in these promos, you know, they might download 10 of the 20 books um, that are free, but they might not read all of them. And they certainly might not read them immediately. So these are readers that uh, might be on your mailing list, but they haven't actually read your books. And so what I would do is I'd make sure that those readers went to just went to a different list to start with, and then I would send them a little autoresponder sequence. So that sounds like a big complicated word, but all it is is a bunch of automated emails that go out sort of one after the other. So they might get one the minute they enrol in your newsletter, and then in a couple of days they get another one, a couple of days they get another one. And maybe there's like three or four emails. And so the first email will say, like, welcome to the list. And then the second email might say something like, um, you know, did you read the book yet? What did you think? Um, and maybe it has, like, five interesting facts about the book or about you. And then maybe the next book introduces the first book in a new, in a new series or it points to the the second book in the series that they've just downloaded for free. And then the, the, the final email, you know, again, might have... Um, a link to the new series or a link to the next book or it might be a list of like you know want to follow me so you know you put in your facebook accounts you know you put in your you like follow me on amazon kind of link like all those places where people can can follow you and then after that sequence all the people who have opened those emails you put them on your main list. And the rest of those people who haven't opened emails, you leave them on that old list. And then what you do is when you send out your regular newsletter, you send it out to both lists. So you just send everyone the same stuff. But you may find that people on you find people on the, the list of people that haven't opened those original emails are going to open significantly less than your main list. But it's just a way to keep your main list really kind of pure. Making sure the people on that list are most likely people who have read your books. And then that other list, making sure that you've taken the time to get those people's email addresses. So you might as well use them. Uh, There are some things where uh, sometimes people just read their emails in the preview section. And so it doesn't mark as that person opening the email even though they have read it. So that's email. So, another thing that you can do is, I would always try and think of ways that you can give people an easy way to get to know you and to read your books for free. And this is because you just never know when an opportunity is going to come up. And, you know, talking particularly about uh, people who spend a lot of time going into fan groups and, you know, building their. Kind of knowledge in online communities, um, you just never know when people are going to be clicking on your profile, and so it's a really good idea to get you know to make sure it's really easy for people to get to know you and to get your books for free or something for free. So this is why giving away something free on your newsletter is so powerful. Uh, if not, even like sample chapters on your website is a really good way. Um, if you're going to be doing those kind of techniques, I would definitely look at building a you know a really decent website. Uh, and yeah making sure that you've got some way for people to sample what you've done for free so another technique that kind of builds on that is to maybe consider starting a fan group so this is obviously a thing that you do if you are a huge fan of a particular author or a particular genre so what this means is you know say you're a you know you're a big fantasy geek or you, you maybe you're like a big midsummer murders geek or something so start a Midsummer Murders Facebook fan group. You run it, you're going to have to, you know, really focus on the community building, on, you know, putting up interesting threads all the time, uh, on, you know, getting those, like, Midsummer Murders memes in there, or any, like, interesting links or news stories that kind of sound like something that might happen in Midsummer, um, all these kind of things. So you, you know, you have to create this, like, really active fan community. And over time, that community will grow and grow and grow and grow, and then when you release your new books, which are also in the mystery genre, you as the owner of this community are able to just kind of casually say to all your fans, hey guys, you know, written this book, bit like Midsummer, you might enjoy it. And you've already got this ready built community of super fans of a certain thing that's really close to the kind of thing that you write. Now this may sound a bit wacky, but it's actually been used to really great success. Now there is a paranormal romance author named Bella Forrest. Now Bella Forrest is, anytime you go to the top 100 paranormal romance books on Amazon, you will see probably 20 or 30 of Bella's books. She is super big. So big. She's, she started by creating a Twilight fan group. Just on Facebook. And her fan group grew and grew and grew. And then one day she published a vampire book and she called herself Bella Forest, which is a name that's inspired by Twilight. So anyone looking at the name Bella Forest immediately thinks of Twilight. And she wrote vampire books. And so she said to her community, hey guys, wrote a book. You might be interested. And of course they were interested. And you know, now she is one of the biggest authors on Amazon, one of the biggest self-published authors that there is. So, you know, this is a really powerful tool, is to, you know, hook in as a fan to, uh, you know, a currently existing fandom, but it has to be a fandom that's really close to the things that you are writing, and it has to be a fandom that you, as a fan, are obsessed with, because people will look right through you if that's not the case. Other things that you can do. I would make friends with other authors other authors in your genre these guys are they are your work colleagues they be your biggest cheerleaders and they are you know they have engaged excited readers who love reading and who love reading books in your genre and those are really great audiences to tap into so authors who are Authors who are friends with other authors, they share each other's books in their newsletters, they promote each other's books in their Facebook groups, um, they encourage their readers to buy other authors' books. So you'll be doing this too, you'll be encouraging your readers to buy other authors' books, but in turn, you'll be getting all that that, that good vibes back. Also, being friends with other authors is amazing, you know, it really helps your self-esteem. They're the kind of people you can, you know call if you've you're having a problem or you you've got writer's book and they're you know they're just they're really wonderful if you're friends with other authors you're much more likely to be invited to to be in um kind of like uh, promo opportunities um into sort of smaller promotional groups um or you know into box sets and and shared world projects and and other projects like that you know you're, you're more likely to have your name On people's lips when opportunities come up so just expand a little bit on one of those points which is participating in box sets now I've done a lot of talking about box sets um, in a recent article uh, but it's definitely worth repeating again because they can be a really inexpensive way to start building an audience so a lot of box sets will have a buy-in and often if the set is aiming say to hit a bestseller list or know they're aiming to hit it really big uh, with advertising for kindle unlimited the buy-in might be quite high it might be in the like five hundred dollar range might be in the one hundred dollar range but there are a lot of boxy opportunities and like shared world opportunities where the buy-in is more like ten dollars to fifty dollars just to help uh, with a cover and then the main promotional push of the newsletter will be the 10 participating authors promoting it to their lists so this is still a really great way to get your work in front of, say, nine other authors' audiences. And so if the box set is really well branded for a certain genre, this is a, can be a really easy way to start building an audience. You've got to remember that it's got to be in your genre, it's got to be a really good cover, really enticing cover uh, that matches your standards. Um, you've got to really trust that the set organizer is you know is legit and isn't going to say run off with all the money which has definitely happened before it has happened to me twice on the sets um, and you know you've got to decide how you're going to use the box set to promote your work so you think really strategically about the the book or the the selection that you're going to be putting inside the box set so another thing to consider that you might not have thought of, and this is especially for non-fiction authors, but not necessarily, is to look for corporate partners. So this means um, contacting, so so say contacting companies and offering packages, like discount packages, if they buy bulk lots of books. So ways that this can work. So for fiction authors, Um, one of the the big partnerships that you might be able to be involved in is book boxes or just sort of uh, subscription boxes in general there are lots of subscription boxes out there which say focus on kind of witchy things and like Halloween all year round and kind of paranormal things so those are great boxes for me to promote myself to as a paranormal author now often what, what will happen is that the box will pay me A flat rate to buy a license to print my books, so they might offer me, I don't know, $300 or something, to print, uh, to buy license, so I send them the book files, and then they will print the book locally themselves, because they're going to need to print like a thousand copies at a time, and they'll be able to get a a decent discount, so they might only cost them like $3 a book to print a thousand copies, but if I had to send them books from Amazon, from print-on-demand, that might cost double or triple that. So those boxes will often be buying a subscription, and this is a really interesting thing to look into if you're you know, if you're fiction. So very important um, if you're going to be looking into this as fiction, that you're very clear on your genre, and you're going to have to have an absolutely amazing cover. Uh, other ways that corporate partners... Say for example there is a big uh, management consultancy firm and every year they run a giant conference and they've got goodie bags for the conference so you may be able to ring up and say hey you know I could give you a decent discount on you know, a thousand books uh, to put in the goodie bags on your conference or you know, if you hire me to be a speaker uh, then I can include a thousand copies and you include that in your price. So that kind of thing is where um, corporate partners are really useful. Uh, in the How to Rock Self-Publishing course, I do an amazing interview with Erica Swallow, who wrote a series of children's books which are about uh, kids who are entrepreneurial. They're so cool. And so her series, she had corporate partners, um, So she launched her series on Kickstarter, and she used corporate partners to purchase, you know, larger blocks of the books. And this helped her, you know, really get her Kickstarter um, over that mark to finish, and she ended up raising well over $20,000 for for her Kickstarters. It's a really fascinating interview, especially if you're interested in things like corporate partnerships and like crowdfunding. I definitely recommend you have a listen to it if you're in the course. We've got to talk about getting more reviews, which, as I said, was something that I really focused on in the beginning when I was marketing on a small budget. And the reason we get lots of reviews is because the reviews add legitimacy to our books. So when someone is looking at our book pages on the different platforms, the reviews say, hey, this is a book that other people who like this kind of books think is worth reading. It just gives readers another incentive to buy your book. So getting more reviews can be, you know, again, it's one of those ongoing activities. So really good ways that you can get more reviews. Um, see, the first one is to start your own ARC team um, and to have your own like really voracious, really enthusiastic fans. Um, be part of this team where they get free books in exchange for leaving a review in the first week of your books launch. So ARC team to one. Uh, You can also go to platforms like Amazon and like Goodreads and find the reviewers who review a lot of books in your genre and contact them and offer them books. Uh, You can also do um, blog tours um, where the tour includes reviews and any blogger who reviews is also usually going to be reviewing on Amazon and Goodreads. So you can do that. Um, You can also use um, Arc Team Services Um, So these are services where you might pay sort of between $20 and $100 to reach a a specific targeted list of reviewers. And so you're not paying for reviews, but you're paying for the opportunity to put your book in front of those reviewers. So that's another thing that you can do. Um, Some of them are very expensive. Some of them are quite cheap. Again, this is one of those activities where you can pay some money to get in front of lots of readers, or you can spend a lot of time and and work really hard and cultivate those reviewers from like Amazon lists and Goodreads lists. Like one reviewer at a time. Speaking of Goodreads, Goodreads is a really good opportunity. And it's one that a lot of authors don't focus on. So Goodreads has a bit of a reputation for the, the reviewers that review on this platform tend to review more harshly than they do on Amazon. So, if you have like a, you know, most of my books have like a 4.6, 4.7, 4.9 sort of average review rating on Amazon, but they might only have like 3.5, some of them, on Goodreads. Like it's, you know, and it can be a bit disheartening to go there and to read, um, you know, to see some of the negative reviews that end up there. So the, the readers there are more harsh, but that's because they are super passionate, they're really discerning. Um, but, it, but Goodreads is a platform, absolutely chock block, filled with millions of really obsessive, dedicated readers. So it is a really good place if you want to, you know, look at especially building up your reviewers. Goodreads is another platform, so if you choose to focus on it, there are lots and lots of things that you can do to help cultivate a loyal readership there. So they have this really great um, sort of listopia um, place where Readers make these crazy lists, um, you know, of the, the best books of the year in certain genres and the books containing certain types of heroes or heroines. And you can add your books to these lists and then readers can vote on them. And if your book is appearing on lots of these lists, it's appearing in front of readers who are interested in the things on those lists. And so that's a really great way of getting visibility. Um, you can use Goodreads to find reviewers to approach reviewers. You can use them to join like, um, like book reading groups, and um, so, you know, kind of it's almost like market research, like see what readers are talking about. Um, you create a profile page. You can add like discussion points about your books. You can organise giveaways through Goodreads, um, which can be a really valuable way of building an audience, especially in the beginning. I think. That the giveaways used to be free, but they now have a cost associated with it. Don't quote me on this, I haven't been to Goodreads in ages, because it's not really part of my marketing plan, but it could be part of yours. So the final point I want to make is that you've got to make the most of the platforms that you're on. So this might be Amazon, it might be Apple or Google Play or whatever. Uh, So, this is things like, you know, creating your author pages in Author Central on Amazon. So, not just in the US, but in the UK and France and Germany and everywhere as well. Um, So, that is a really simple, really free thing that you can do. It just takes a little bit of time, uh, but if you do it, um, you're much more likely to sell more books, um, you know, if you've got that Amazon Author Central page. Um, You can also connect your blog there. It's, yeah it's just... it's a free tool, it's available, you should use it. Um, again, making sure that if you're wide that you've got those promo tabs um, and that you're paying attention to the opportunities on, say, draft to digital uh, And I'd also take a lot of time to make sure that you understand how the categories and the keywords work on each different platforms because they're all slightly different and they all have their little quirks. If you are wide, there's a Facebook group called Wide for the Win and I would hundred percent, 110% recommend you join that. Um, Erin who runs that group is amazing and we have an interview with her in the How to Rock South Publishing course and it is probably one of the best interviews in the whole course, it's so informative. Um, Also look at how you can make better use of your actual individual book pages so maybe by adding reviews, editorial reviews, some authors add lists of their completed books, Um, all those kind of things. So yes, I hope that I have uh, overwhelmed you with lots of different ideas for how to market your books on a budget. I would love to hear your thoughts about. A, I would love to hear your thoughts and your ideas about how to market a book on a tiny tiny budget. Um, so please hop over to the Rage Against the Manuscript Facebook group and you know leave your comments. If you've got a question that you want to ask me about self-publishing or writing or building a career as an author, then, you know, again, head over to the Rage Against the Manuscript Facebook group or email me at steph at rageagainstthemanuscript.com and I will happily talk about it and answer on a future episode. For more free stuff for writers and for more info about my self-publishing books and courses, head to www.rageagainstthemanuscript.com That is all from me this week. Happy writing.